This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 21. Drum Taps. Part 2. An Army Corps on the March. With its cloud of skirmishers in advance, with now the sound of a single shot snapping like a whip, and now an irregular volley, the swarming ranks press on and on, the dense brigades press on, glittering dimly, toiling under the sun, the dust-covered men in columns rise and fall to the undulations of the ground, with artillery interspersed, the wheels rumble, the horses sweat, as the army corps advances. By the Bivouac's Fitful Flame By the Bivouac's Fitful Flame, a procession winding around me, solemn and sweet and slow, but first I note the tents of the sleeping army, the fields and woods dim outline, the darkness lit by spots of kindled fire, the silence, like a phantom, far or near, an occasional figure moving, the shrubs and trees, as I lift my eyes they seem to be stealthily watching me, while wind in procession thoughts, oh, tender and wondrous thoughts, of life and death, of home and the past and loved, and of those that are far away, a solemn and slow procession there, as I sit on the ground, by the bivouac's fitful flame. Come up from the fields, father. Come up from the fields, father. Here's a letter from our Pete. And come to the front door, mother. Here's a letter from thy dear son. Lo, tis autumn. Lo, where the trees, deeper green, yellower and redder, Cool and sweeten Ohio's villages with leaves fluttering in the moderate wind, where apples ripe in the orchards hang, and grapes on the trellised vines. Smell you the smell of the grapes on the vines? Smell you the buckwheat, where the bees were lately buzzing? Above all, lo, the sky so calm, so transparent after the rain, and with wondrous clouds, Below, too, all calm, all vital and beautiful, and the farm prospers well. Down in the fields all prospers well. But now from the fields come father, come at the daughter's call, and come to the entry, mother, to the front door, come right away. Fast as she can she hurries, something ominous, her steps trembling. She does not tarry to smooth her hair, nor adjust her cap. Open the envelope quickly. Oh, this is not our son's writing. Yet his name is signed. Oh, a strange hand writes for our dear son. Oh, stricken mother's soul. All swims before her eyes, flashes with black. She catches the main words only, sentences broken. Gunshot wound in the breast, cavalry skirmish, taken to hospital. At present low, but will soon be better. 
Ah, now the single figure to me, amid all teeming and wealthy Ohio, with all its cities and farms, sickly white in the face and dull in the head, very faint, by the jam of a door leans. Grieve not so, dear mother, the just-grown daughter speaks through her sobs. The little sisters huddle around, speechless and dismayed. See, dearest mother, the letter says Pete will soon be better. Alas, poor boy, he will never be better. Nor may be needs to be better, that brave and simple soul. While they stand at home at the door, he is dead already. The only son is dead. But the mother needs to be better. She with thin form presently dressed in black, by day her meals untouched. Then at night, fitfully sleeping, often waking, in the midnight waking, weeping, longing with one deep longing. Oh, that she might withdraw unnoticed, silent from life escape and withdraw, to follow, to seek, to be with her dear dead son. Vigil strange I kept on the field one night. Vigil strange I kept on the field one night, when you, my son and my comrade, dropped at my side that day. One look I but gave which your dear eyes returned with a look I shall never forget. One touch of your hand to mine, O oh boy, reached up as you lay on the ground. Then onward I sped in the battle, the even contested battle. Till late in the night, relieved to the place at last again I made my way, found you in death, so cold, dear comrade, found your body, son of responding kisses, never again on earth responding. Bared your face in the starlight, curious the scene, cool blew the moderate night wind. Long there and then in vigil I stood, dimly around me the battlefield spreading. Vigil wondrous and vigil sweet, there in the fragrant silent night. But not a tear fell, not even a long-drawn sigh. Long, long I gazed. Then on the earth, partially reclining, sat by your side, leaning my chin in my hands. Passing sweet hours, immortal and mystic hours with you, dearest comrade. Not a tear, not a word. Vigil of silence, love and death. Vigil for you, my son and my soldier, as onward, silently, stars aloft, Eastward new ones upward stole. Vigil final for you, brave boy. I could not save you. Swift was your death. I faithfully loved you and cared for you living. I think we shall surely meet again. Till at latest lingering of the night, indeed, just as the dawn appeared, my comrade I wrapped in his blanket, enveloped well his form, folded the blanket well, tucking it carefully overhead and carefully under feet. And there and then, and bathed by the rising sun, my son in his grave, in his rude-dug grave, I deposited. Ending my vigil strange with that, vigil of night and battlefield dim, vigil for boy of responding kisses, 
never again on earth responding. Vigil for comrades swiftly slain, vigil I never forget, how as day brightened, I rose from the chill ground, and folded my soldier well in his blanket, and buried him where he fell. A march in the ranks hard pressed, and the road unknown. A march in the ranks hard pressed, and the road unknown. A route through a heavy wood with muffled steps in the darkness. Our army foiled with loss severe, and the sullen remnant retreating, till after midnight glimmer upon us the lights of a dim-lighted building. We come to an open space in the woods, and halt by the dim-lighted building. Tis a large old church at the crossing roads, now an impromptu hospital. Entering but for a minute I see a sight beyond all the pictures and poems ever made. Shadows of deepest, deepest black, just lit by moving candles and lamps, and by one great pitchy torch, stationary with wild red flame and clouds of smoke. By these, crowds, groups of forms, vaguely I see on the floor, some in the pews laid down. At my feet, more distinctly, a soldier, a mere lad, in danger of bleeding to death. He is shot in the abdomen. I stanch the blood temporarily. The youngster's face is white as a lily. Then before I depart I sweep my eyes o'er the scene, fain to absorb it all. Faces, varieties, postures beyond description, most in obscurity, some of them dead. Surgeons operating, attendants holding lights, the smell of ether, odor of blood. The crowd, oh, the crowd of the bloody forms, the yard outside also filled. Some on the bare ground, some on planks or stretchers, some in the death spasm, sweating. An occasional scream or cry, the doctors shouted orders or calls, the glisten of the little steel instruments catching the glint of the torches. These I resume as I chant, I see again the forms, I smell the odor, then hear outside the orders given, Fall in, my men, fall in! But first I bend to the dying lad, his eyes open, a half-smile gives he me, then the eyes close, calmly close, and I speed forth to the darkness, resuming, marching, ever in darkness marching, on in the ranks, the unknown road still marching. A SIGHT IN CAMP IN THE DAYBREAK GRAY AND DIM A sight in camp in the daybreak gray and dim, as from my tent I emerge so early sleepless, as slow I walk in the cool fresh air the path near by the hospital tent. Three forms I see on stretchers lying, brought out there, untended lying. Over each the blanket spread, ample brownish woolen blanket, grey and heavy blanket, folding, covering all. Curious I halt and silent stand. Then with light fingers I from the face of the nearest, the first, just lift the blanket. 
Who are you, elderly man, so gaunt and grim, with well-grayed hair, and flesh all sunken about the eyes? Who are you, my dear comrade? Then to the second I step, and who are you, my child and darling? Who are you, sweet boy, with cheeks yet blooming? Then to the third, a face nor child nor old, very calm, as of beautiful yellow-white ivory. Young man, I think I know you. I think this face is the face of the Christ himself, dead and divine, and brother of all. And here again he lies. As toilsome I wandered Virginia's woods. As toilsome I wandered Virginia's woods, To the music of rustling leaves kicked by my feet, For t'was autumn. I marked at the foot of a tree The grave of a soldier, Mortally wounded he, And buried on the retreat. Easily all could understand. The halt of a midday hour When up no time to lose, Yet this sign left, On a tablet scrawled and nailed on the tree By the grave, bold, Cautious, true, and my loving comrade. Long, long I muse, then on my way go wandering, Many a changeful season to follow, and many a scene of life, Yet at times through changeful season and scene, Abrupt, alone, or in the crowded street, Comes before me the unknown soldier's grave, Comes the inscription, rude in Virginia's woods, Bold, cautious, true, and my loving comrade. Not the Pilot Not the pilot has charged himself to bring his ship into port, Though beaten back and many times baffled. Not the pathfinder penetrating inland weary and long, By deserts parched, snows chilled, rivers wet, perseveres till he reaches his destination. More than I have charged myself, heeded or unheeded, to compose march for these states, for a battle-call, rousing to arms if need be, years, centuries hence. Year that trembled and reeled beneath me. Year that trembled and reeled beneath me, your summer wind was warm enough, Yet the air I breathed froze me. A thick gloom fell through the sunshine and darkened me. Must I change my triumphant songs? said I to myself. Must I indeed learn to chant the cold dirges of the baffled, and sullen hymns of defeat? THE WOUND DRESSER 1. An old man bending, I come among new faces, Years looking backward, resuming in answer to children. Come tell us, old man, as from young men and maidens that love me, Aroused and angry, I'd thought to beat the alarm, And urge relentless war, but soon my fingers failed me, My face drooped, and I resigned myself To sit by the wounded and soothe them, Or silently watch the dead. Years hence of these scenes, of these furious passions, these chances of unsurpassed heroes, 
Was one side so brave? The other was equally brave. Now be witness again, paint the mightiest armies of earth. Of those armies so rapid, so wondrous, what saw you to tell us? What stays with you latest and deepest? Of curious panics, of hard-fought engagements or sieges tremendous, what deepest remains? 2. O maidens and young men I love and that love me, what you ask of my days, those the strangest and sudden your talking recalls. Soldier alert, I arrive after a long march covered with sweat and dust. In the nick of time I come, plunge in the fight, loudly shout in the rush of successful charge. Enter the captured works, yet lo, like a swift running river they fade, pass and are gone, they fade. I dwell not on soldiers' perils or soldiers' joys. Both I remember well, many the hardships, few the joys. Yet I was content. But in silence, in dreams' projections, while the world of gain and appearance and mirth goes on, so soon what is over forgotten, and waves wash the imprints off the sand. With hinged knees returning I enter the doors, while for you up there, whoever you are, follow without noise, and be of strong heart. Bearing the bandages, water and sponge, straight and swift, to my wounded I go, where they lie on the ground after the battle brought in, where their priceless blood reddens the grass, the ground, or to the rows of the hospital tent, or under the roofed hospital to the long rows of cots, up and down each side I return, to each and all, one after another I draw near, not one do I miss. An attendant follows, holding a tray. He carries a refuse pail, soon to be filled with clotted rags and blood, emptied and refilled again. I onward go, I stop, with hinged knees and steady hand, to dress wounds. I am firm with each. The pangs are sharp, yet unavoidable. One turns to me, his appealing eyes. Poor boy, I never knew you, yet I think I could not refuse this moment to die for you, if that would save you. 3. On, on I go. Open doors of time, open hospital doors. The crushed head I dress, poor crazed hand, tear not the bandage away. The neck of the cavalryman with the bullet through and through examine. Hard the breathing rattles, quite glazed already the eye, yet life struggles hard. Come, sweet death, be persuaded, O oh, beautiful death, in mercy come quickly. From the stump of the arm, the amputated hand, I undo the clotted lint, remove the slough, wash off the matter and blood. Back on his pillow the soldier bends with curved neck and side-falling head. His eyes are closed, his face is pale. He dares not look on the bloody stump, and has not yet looked on it. I dress a wound in the side, deep, deep, but a day or two more, for see the frame all wasted and sinking, and the yellow-blue countenance, see. I dress the perforated shoulder, the foot with the bullet wound, cleanse the one with a gnawing and putrid gangrene, so sickening 
so offensive, while the attendant stands behind, aside me, holding the tray and pail. I am faithful, I do not give out, the fractured thigh, the knee, the wound in the abdomen, these and more I dress with impassive hand, yet deep in my breast a fire, a burning flame. 4. Thus in silence, in dreams' projections, returning, resuming, I thread my way through the hospitals, the hurt and wounded I pacify with soothing hand. I sit by the restless all the dark night, some are so young, some suffer so much. I recall the experience, sweet and sad. Many a soldier's loving arms about this neck have crossed and rested, Many a soldier's kiss dwells on these bearded lips. Long, too long, America. Long, too long, America, traveling roads all even and peaceful you learned from joys and prosperity only. But now, ah, now, to learn from crises of anguish, advancing, grappling with direst fate, and recoiling not, and now to conceive and show to the world what your children en masse really are. For who except myself has yet conceived what your children en masse really are? Give me the splendid silent sun. 1. Give me the splendid silent sun, with all his beams full dazzling. Give me autumnal fruit, ripe and red from the orchard. Give me a field where the unmowed grass grows. Give me an arbor. Give me the trellised grape. Give me fresh corn and wheat. Give me serene moving animals teaching content. Give me nights perfectly quiet, as on high plateaus west of the Mississippi, and I looking up at the stars. Give me odorous at sunrise a garden of beautiful flowers where I can walk undisturbed. Give me for marriage a sweet-breathed woman of whom I should never tire. Give me a perfect child. Give me away, aside from the noise of the world, a rural domestic life. Give me to warble spontaneous songs, recluse by myself, for my own ears only. Give me solitude. Give me nature. Give me again, O nature, your primal sanities. These demanding to have them, tired with ceaseless excitement and racked by the war strife, these to procure incessantly asking, rising in cries from my heart, while yet incessantly asking still I adhere to my city. Day upon day and year upon year, O city, walking your streets, where you hold me enchained a certain time, refusing to give me up, yet giving to make me glutted, Enriched of soul, you give me forever faces. Oh, I see what I sought to escape, Confronting, reversing my cries, See my own soul trampling down what it asked for. 2. Keep your splendid silent sun, Keep your woods, O oh nature, And the quiet places by the woods. Keep your fields of clover and timothy, And your cornfields and orchards, Keep the blossoming buckwheat fields where the ninth-month bees hum. Give me faces and streets. Give me these phantoms, incessant and endless, along the trottoirs. Give me interminable eyes. 
Give me women, give me comrades and lovers by the thousand. Let me see new ones every day, let me hold new ones by the hand every day. Give me such shows, give me the streets of Manhattan, give me Broadway with the soldiers marching, give me the sound of the trumpets and drums. The soldiers in companies or regiments, some starting away, flushed and reckless, some their time up returning with thinned ranks, young, yet very old, worn, marching, noticing nothing. Give me the shores and wharves, heavy fringed with black ships, oh, such for me, oh, an intense life, full to repletion and varied. The life of the theatre, bar-room, huge hotel for me, the saloon of the steamer, the crowded excursion for me, the torchlight procession, the dense brigade bound for the war, with high-piled military wagons following. People, endless, streaming with strong voices, passions, pageants, Manhattan streets with their powerful throbs, with beating drums as now, the endless and noisy chorus, the rustle and clank of muskets, even the sight of the wounded, Manhattan crowds with their turbulent musical chorus, Manhattan faces and eyes forever for me. Dirge for Two Veterans The last sunbeam lightly falls from the finished Sabbath on the pavement here, and there beyond it is looking, down a new-made double grave. Lo, the moon ascending up from the east, the silvery round moon, beautiful over the housetops, ghastly, phantom moon, immense and silent moon, I see a sad procession, and I hear the sound of coming full-keyed bugles, all the channels of the city streets, their flooding, as with voices and with tears. I hear the great drums pounding, and the small drums steady whirring, and every blow of the great convulsive drums strikes me through and through. For the sun is brought with the father, in the foremost ranks of the fierce assault they fell, two veterans, son and father, dropped together, and the double grave awaits them. Now nearer blow the bugles, and the drums strike more convulsive, and the daylight o'er the pavement quite has faded, and the strong dead march enwraps me. In the eastern sky upboying, the sorrowful vast phantom moves illumined, till some mother's large transparent face in heaven brighter growing. O strong dead march, you please me, O moon immense with your silvery face, you soothe me. O my soldiers twain, O my veterans passing to burial, what I have I also give you. The moon gives you light. And the bugles and the drums give you music, and my heart, O oh my soldiers, my veterans, my heart gives you love. Over the carnage rose prophetic a voice. Over the carnage rose prophetic a voice. Be not disheartened, affection shall solve the problems of freedom yet. Those who love each other shall become invincible. They shall yet make Columbia victorious. 
Sons of the mother of all, you shall yet be victorious, you shall yet laugh to scorn the attacks of all the remainder of the earth. No danger shall balk Columbia's lovers, if need be a thousand shall sternly immolate themselves for one. One from Massachusetts shall be a Missourian's comrade, from Maine and from hot Carolina, and another an Organese shall be friend's triune, more precious to each other than all the riches of the earth. To Michigan Florida perfumes shall tenderly come, not the perfumes of flowers, but sweeter, and wafted beyond death. It shall be customary in the houses and streets to see manly affection, the most dauntless and rude shall touch face to face lightly. The dependence of liberty shall be lovers, the continuance of equality shall be comrades. These shall tie you and band you stronger than hoops of iron, I, ecstatic, O partners, O lands, with the love of lovers tie you. Were you looking to be held together by lawyers, or by an agreement on a paper, or by arms? Nay, nor the world, nor any living thing will so cohere. I SAW OLD GENERAL AT BAY I saw old general at bay. Old as he was, his grey eyes yet shone out in battle like stars. His small force was now completely hemmed in, in his works. He called for volunteers to run the enemy's lines, a desperate emergency. I saw a hundred and more step forth from the ranks, but two or three were selected. I saw them receive their orders aside. They listened with care. The adjutant was very grave. I saw them depart with cheerfulness, freely risking their lives. THE ARTILLERYMAN'S VISION While my wife at my side lies slumbering, and the wars are overlong, and my head on the pillow rests at home, and the vacant midnight passes, and through the stillness, through the dark, I hear, just hear, the breath of my infant. There in the room, as I wake from sleep, this vision presses upon me. The engagement opens there and then in fantasy unreal. The skirmishers begin. They crawl cautiously ahead. I hear the irregular snap, snap. I hear the sounds of the different missiles, the short t-t-t-t of the rifle balls. I see the shells exploding, leaving small white clouds. I hear the great shells shrieking as they pass, the grape like the hum and whir of wind through the trees. Tumultuous now the contest rages. All the scenes at the batteries rise in detail before me again, the crashing and smoking, the pride of the men in their pieces. The chief gunner ranges and sights his piece and selects a fuse of the right time. After firing I see him lean aside and look eagerly off to note the effect. Elsewhere I hear the cry of a regiment charging. The young colonel leads himself this time with brandished sword. I see the gaps cut by the enemy's volleys, quickly filled up, no delay. I breathe the suffocating smoke, then the flat clouds hover low, concealing all. Now a strange lull for a few seconds— not a shot fired on either side. Then resumed the chaos louder than ever, with eager calls and orders of officers. 
while from some distant part of the field the wind wafts to my ears a shout of applause, some special success, and ever the sound of the cannon far or near, rousing even in dreams a devilish exultation, and all the old mad joy in the depths of my soul. And ever the hastening of infantry, shifting positions, batteries, cavalry, moving hither and thither. The falling, dying, I heed not, the wounded, dripping, and red, heed not, some to the rear are hobbling. Grime, heat, rush, aide-de-camps galloping by, or on a full run, with the patter of small arms, the warning st of the rifles. These in my vision I hear or see. And bombs bursting in air, and at night the vari-coloured rockets. Ethiopia saluting the colours. Who are you, dusky woman, so ancient, hardly human, with your woolly white and turbaned head and bare bony feet? Why, rising by the roadside here, do you the colours greet? Tis while our army lines Carolina's sands and pines, forth from thy hovel door, thou, Ethiopia, com'st to me, as under doughty Sherman I march toward the sea. Me master years a hundred since from my parents sundered, a little child, they caught me as the savage beast is caught, then hither me across the sea, the cruel slaver brought. No further does she say, but lingering all the day, her high-born turbaned head she wags, and rolls her darkling eye, and courtesies to the regiments, the guidons moving by. What is it, fateful woman, so blear, hardly human? Why wag your head with turban-bound, yellow, red, and green? Are the things so strange and marvellous you see or have seen? Not youth pertains to me. Not youth pertains to me, nor delicatesse. I cannot beguile the time with talk, awkward in the parlour, neither a dancer nor elegant, in the learned coterie sitting constrained and still, for learning inures not to me. Beauty, knowledge, inure not to me, yet there are two or three things inure to me. I have nourished the wounded and soothed many a dying soldier, and at intervals waiting, or in the midst of camp, composed these songs. RACE OF VETERANS Race of veterans, race of victors, race of the soil, ready for conflict, race of the conquering march. No more credulity's race, abiding, tempered race, race henceforth owning no law but the law of itself, race of passion, and the storm. World, take good notice. World, take good notice, silver stars fading, milky hue ripped, wet of white detaching, coals thirty-eight, baleful, burning, scarlet, significant, hands off warning, now and henceforth flaunt from these shores. O tan-faced prairie boy! O tan-faced prairie boy! Before you came to camp came many a welcome gift, praises and presents came, and nourishing food, till at last among the recruits you came, 
taciturn, with nothing to give, we but looked on each other, when, lo, more than all the gifts of the world you gave me. Look down, fair moon. Look down, fair moon, and bathe this scene. Pour softly down night's nimbus floods on faces ghastly, swollen, purple. On the dead on their backs with arms tossed wide, pour down your unstinted nimbus, sacred moon. Reconciliation Word over all, beautiful as the sky, beautiful that war and all its deeds of carnage must in time be utterly lost, that the hands of the sisters, death and night, incessantly, softly wash again, and ever again, this solid world. For my enemy is dead, a man divine as myself is dead. I look where he lies white-faced and still in the coffin. I draw near, bend down, and touch lightly with my lips the white face in the coffin. How solemn as one by one! Washington City, 1865 How solemn as one by one, as the ranks returning, worn and sweaty, as the men file by where stand, as the faces, the masks appear, as I glance at the faces studying the masks, as I glance upward out of this page, studying you, dear friend, whoever you are. How solemn the thought of my whispering soul to each in the ranks, and to you, I see behind each mask that wonder, a kindred soul. Oh, the bullet could never kill what you really are, dear friend, nor the bayonet stab what you really are. The soul, yourself I see, great as any, good as the best, waiting, secure and content, which the bullet could never kill, nor the bayonet stab, O oh friend. As I lay with my head in your lap, camarado. As I lay with my head in your lap, camarado, the confession I made I resume, what I said to you and the open air I resume. I know I am restless and make others so. I know my words are weapons full of danger, full of death, for I confront peace, security, and all settled laws to unsettle them. I am more resolute because all have denied me than I could ever have been had all accepted me. I heed not and have never heeded either experience, cautions, majorities, nor ridicule. And the threat of what is called hell is little or nothing to me, and the lure of what is called heaven is little or nothing to me. Dear camarado, I confess I have urged you onward with me, and still urge you, without the least idea what is our destination, or whether we shall be victorious, or utterly quelled, and defeated. Delicate Cluster Delicate cluster, flag of teeming life, covering all my lands, all my seashores lining. Flag of death, how I watched you through the smoke of battle pressing, how I heard you flap and rustle, cloth defiant. Flag cerulean, sunny flag, with the orbs of night dappled. Ah, my silvery beauty! Ah, my woolly white and crimson! Ah, to sing the song of you, my matron mighty, the sacred one, my mother. To a Certain Civilian Did you ask dulcet rhymes from me? 
Did you seek the civilian's peaceful and languishing rhymes? Did you find what I sang erewhile so hard to follow? Why, I was not singing erewhile for you to follow, to understand, nor am I now. I have been born of the same as the war was born. The drum corps' rattle is ever to me sweet music. I love well the martial dirge, with slow wail and convulsive throb, leading the officer's funeral. What to such as you, anyhow, such a poet as I? Therefore leave my works, and go lull yourself with what you can understand, and with piano tunes, for I lull nobody, and you will never understand me. Lo, Victress on the Peaks Lo, Victress on the Peaks, where thou with mighty brow regarding the world, the world, O Libertad, that vainly conspired against thee, out of its countless beleaguering toils, after thwarting them all, dominant, with the dazzling sun around thee, flauntest now unharmed in immortal soundness and bloom, lo, in these hours supreme, no poem proud I chanting bring to thee, nor mastery's rapturous verse, but a cluster containing night's darkness and blood-dripping wounds, and psalms of the dead. Spirit Whose Work Is Done, Washington City, 1865 Spirit whose work is done, spirit of dreadful hours, Ere departing fade from my eyes your forests of bayonets, Spirit of gloomiest fears and doubts, Yet onward ever unfaltering pressing, Spirit of many a solemn day and many a savage scene, Electric spirit, that with muttering voice, through the war now closed, like a tireless phantom flitted, rousing the land with breath of flame while you beat and beat the drum, now as the sound of the drum, hollow and harsh to the last, reverberates round me, as your ranks, your immortal ranks, return, return from the battles, as the muskets of the young men yet lean over their shoulders, as I look on the bayonets bristling over their shoulders, as those slanted bayonets, Whole forests of them appearing in the distance, Approach and pass on, returning homeward. Moving with steady motion, swaying to and fro, To the right and left, evenly, lightly, rising and falling, While the steps keep time. Spirit of hours I knew, all hectic red one day, But pale as death next day. Touch my mouth ere you depart, press my lips close, Leave me your pulses of rage, bequeath them to me, fill me with currents convulsive. Let them scorch and blister out of my chance when you are gone. Let them identify you to the future in these songs. Adieu to a Soldier Adieu, O soldier, you of the rude campaigning, which we shared, the rapid march, the life of the camp, the hot contention of opposing fronts, the long manoeuvre, red battles with their slaughter, the stimulus, the strong, terrific game, spell of all brave and manly hearts, the trains of time through you and like of you, all filled with war and war's expression. Adieu, dear comrade, your mission is fulfilled, but I, more warlike, Myself and this contentious soul of mine, Still on our own campaigning bound, Through untried roads with ambushes opponents lined, 
Through many a sharp defeat and many a crisis, often baffled, here marching, ever marching on, a war fight out, I here, to fiercer, weightier battles, give expression. Turn, O Libertad! Turn, O Libertad, for the war is over, from it and all henceforth expanding, doubting no more, resolute, sweeping the world. Turn from lands retrospective, recording proofs of the past, from the singers that sing the trailing glories of the past, from the chants of the feudal world, the triumphs of kings, slavery, caste. Turn to the world, the triumphs reserved, and to come, give up that backward world. Leave to the singers of hitherto, give them the trailing past, but what remains for singers for you, wars to come are for you. Lo, how the wars of the past have duly inured to you, and the wars of the present also inure. Then turn, and be not alarmed, O Libertad, turn your undying face to where the future, greater than all the past, is swiftly, surely, preparing for you. TO THE LEAVENED SOIL THEY TROD To the leavened soil they trod, calling, I sing for the last, forth from my tent, emerging for good, loosing, untying the tent-ropes, in the freshness the forenoon air, in the far-stretching circuits and vistas again to peace restored, to the fiery fields emanative, and the endless vistas beyond, to the south and the north, to the leavened soil of the general western world to attest my songs, to the Alleghanian hills and the tireless Mississippi, to the rocks I calling sing, and all the trees in the woods, to the plains of the poems of heroes, to the prairies spreading wide, to the far-off sea and the unseen winds, and the sane impalpable air, and responding they answer all, but not in words, the average earth, the witness of war and peace, acknowledges mutely. The prairie draws me close, as the father to bosom broad the sun. The northern ice and rain that began me nourish me to the end, but the hot sun of the south is to fully ripen my songs. End of Book 21 Part 2 Read by Kara Schallenberg on December 12, 2005, in Oceanside, California.